Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a series of programs on the subject of having a relationship with God, and this is the fourth program in the series. In this program, I would like to spend some time reviewing some of the descriptions that we have in the scriptures about people having a relationship with God. And my main purpose, my main intent in talking about these examples in this program is to try and show you the individualistic nature of the relationships that God had with people. In the previous programs, I described God as a person and that the relationship that he has with each individual is a unique relationship. There is no requirement that God relate to each person in the same way or that he has similar projects or similar tasks that each person can participate in. There's no requirement for that whatsoever. Our God is a relational God, and every person will have a unique relationship. That is why I'm not able to give the instructions or the teaching on how to have a relationship with God, because there's no way to do that. All I can do, really, is testify of relationships that exist and remove obstacles that will, in general, prevent people from experiencing a relationship with God because they believe things that are simply not true. You know, the relationship that I have had with my God has changed a lot over time. When I first got saved, when I first surrendered to the New Covenant and turned my attention to the living God and the things of God, I found that he gave me something to do on his behalf usually about every two years. It seemed to work out on what looked like a two-year cycle for the first 10 or 12 years, I think. About every two years, the Lord would have me do something, and most of the time, I would know that it was him who was sending me, that he was the one who was sending me in order to speak on his behalf to an individual person or to a group of people. And it would normally just be for a few hours, And after the meeting was finished, it became totally obvious, completely clear to me, that it took about two years to prepare me to be able to communicate with these people effectively on his behalf, to be a representative of God and share things with them, to be able to have a constructive conversation and dialogue with these people. I discovered that it really did require a lot of preparation. Many of the things that I was working on, many of the things that I personally decided that I would study, that I would learn about, it was those things that the Lord made use of. I personally think that I was just simply selected because I was a good candidate, I was a good person to send for that particular purpose. And I'm confident that if I was not available, he would have sent somebody else. 
And I, of course, do believe that there were a lot of other things that were going on in the communities that I was a part of that the Lord was sending other people in a similar way to go on his behalf who were more suitable for those things than I was. So that's one way to understand how our God will relate to us is that he will make use of what we decide to learn about and study. He will make use of how we decide to grow and change as a person. And I do believe I can give you other examples where he has made changes within me in order to prepare me for things that he would like me to do on his behalf. And I have done those things to be a participant in the work that he is doing. I have also found that there were things that I was doing in my own life and there were subtle circumstances that gave me the personal indication that God was participating in the things that I was doing. Not in any profound way in comparison with me being a participant in the things that he was doing, in my opinion. But I could just simply tell. And so I can testify about these things with regards to myself, but that doesn't mean that you're going to experience similar things as I experience, and I certainly don't expect that I will experience similar things that you experience when it comes to how you interact with your God or how I interact with our God. What we can do, though, is we can see other testimonies, even though they're not necessarily written with that in mind. They are testimonies, in a sense. In the scriptures, we have the Bible, we can read the scriptures, and we can see a lot about what God has said and what he has done and how he has had relationships with different people. Consider Adam and Eve as an example. There was a relationship that existed between Adam and Eve and God. God spoke with them, and he told them to take care of the garden that he created. He created a garden, and he put them in the garden, and he asked them, he told them, to take care of the garden that he had made. Now, certainly, they were not able to create the kind of garden that he had made, but they could take care of it. They could be a part of it in that way. And he put them there, and he asked them to do that, and he established a few rules for them to follow while they were there. But this was a relationship. And so if you were to go and talk with Adam while he was there in the garden, and you were to ask him, how would you describe your relationship with God? From the information that we have available, we can look at what's available, and we can come to a reasonable conclusion of what that would look like, what that would sound like, we could assume that he could reply, Adam would reply, and say something to the effect of, well, the relationship that I have with God is a relationship such that he made this really nice place, and he asked me to take care of it. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of it. God created the animals, and he asked Adam to name the animals. Adam certainly could not have created the animals, but he can name them. And so he named them. And so Adam could say, he could testify about his relationship, and he can say, well, you know, God made these incredible animals, and he asked me to give them names. And so I gave them names, and that was our relationship. So that would be a way of understanding our God and how he might relate to people, how he did relate to people, that he will do things He will do things that we certainly cannot do 
and yet he can find ways for us to be a participant in those things. And individually, he could very well ask us to be a part of something that he's doing, something that he's working on. After Adam and Eve were removed from the garden, you could ask Adam, so Adam, tell me about your relationship with God. And it might be very simple for him to describe. He could just simply say, well, we don't talk anymore. We don't have anything to do with each other anymore. We don't seem to have much of a relationship. He could remember about the things that he did with God. He named animals and he took care of God's garden. He did things like that. He can reminisce the good old days. He can tell you about the things that he experienced back then. But at that time in his life that you would ask him after the Garden of Eden, after he was removed, he would be able to reply and say, you know, we just don't have anything to do with each other anymore. But Adam could still be thankful for the time that he did spend with God before. He could be thankful for that. And he does not have to assume that he has no place in the kingdom of heaven when he physically dies because of what happened, because God is not having anything to do with him anymore. He doesn't have to assume that he's never going to be with God again. I think Adam could have testified and said, you know, things are not so good between God and I right now, but they're going to be better. Eventually, I'm going to die physically and we're going to start over. That could have been his testimony. What about Noah? What was the relationship between God and Noah? If you were to ask Noah, Noah, tell me about the relationship you have with your God. He would say, well, you know, one day God told me to build a boat because he's going to flood the earth. So I've been working on this boat. And if you were to ask Noah at the end of this project, if you were to ask him, now, Noah, you've been working on this boat for how long? And Noah could reply and say, you know, I've been working on this boat for 120 years. You could ask, well, Noah, you know, you, you definitely know how to build a boat, right? And he'd say, yes, as you can see, I can build a boat. I can build a nice one. Look at this one. I've, I've been working on this for a long time, and here it is. And then you could ask, so, Noah, how has God been helping you out with this? And Noah could say something to the effect of, well, you know, the Lord hasn't been doing anything. I've been doing this all by myself. He hasn't showed up to help me cut some wood or, or heat up some metal in order to make these rivets to put these boards together. He hasn't done a thing. He's been doing nothing. He just told me to build this boat and I've been working on it and I haven't seen him since. That could be the way that he testifies. He could say that his relationship with God is a very lonely experience. For 120 years I've been working on this thing and I haven't heard a word from him. I'm starting to wonder. He could think this way. He could start to wonder if, if in fact, God is really going to do his part. You know, what's his part? Noah would say, well, God's part is to bring the rain and flood the earth. He also is going to have to bring all these animals over here and put them in the boat because I certainly am not going to be able to do it. These are the kinds of testimonies that people can have about their God. And I would ask you, is God going to make a garden, put you in it, and ask you to take care of it? Probably not. Is he going to ask you to build a boat so that God can put the animals on the boat and flood the earth like he did with Noah? No, he's not going to do that. And so the relationship that you will have with your God will definitely be different from the relationship that Adam had with his God 
that Noah had with his God? What would Abraham say shortly after he arrived at the promised land? What would he say if he arrived in the land that God sent him to and he meets all these new people and they ask him, so Abraham, you're from out of town, right? He says, yes, I'm, I'm definitely from out of town. So what are you doing here? What, what, are you, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And Abraham would say, well, there is a God and he spoke to me and he told me, to come over here because he's going to give me all of your land. And what do you suppose the people would say if they heard him say that? Well, they might laugh at first, and then they might take him seriously. And if they take him seriously, then they could ask him, So, Abraham, have you have you heard anything from him lately? Have you heard anything uh, about how he might do this, what he's going to accomplish? And Abraham could say, no, I haven't heard anything from him at all since then. He just said, come out here. So here I am. You know, there was a time when the Lord asked me to talk with somebody. And I had a similar circumstance where the Lord spoke to my heart. And I know it was him because I know I would have never thought of going to talk to this person. I would never even consider it. But I heard in my spirit his voice saying, why don't you go talk to so-and-so? And I thought, my goodness, that has to be God. No one else, not even myself, would even conceive of such a thought to go talk to this person. And that's all he said. And so I went over and I talked to this person. And the way that I started the conversation was I went up to this person and I said, you know, my God sent me over here to talk with you, but he didn't tell me what it would be about. He just said, go talk to you. So I'm here. What's on your mind? <laughs> That's what I did. And I talk about this in the series I produced on spiritual warfare, about the conversation and what happened after that. But that was that was my experience. I could say that I had an experience that was similar to Abraham in that sense. That Abraham would say, I don't know. He just said, come out here, so here I am. What about God's experience with Moses? How would Moses describe his relationship with God? He goes to Egypt and the people ask him, tell me about this God. And Moses could say things like, well, you know, I asked him his name and he said he wouldn't tell me. He said, I'm just going to be whoever I'm going to be. That's that's effectively what God said. And they would ask Moses, so what are you doing here? And Moses would say, well, he told me to come out here and demand that Pharaoh set all the children of Israel free. He gave me a few signs to show and I asked him a few questions, and I, I argued with him, but he he didn't give in. He was really determined that he wanted me to, to to come here to Egypt, and so here I am, and I'm doing these things, and they don't seem to be working out very well, in my opinion. So I'm waiting to see what will happen. I think that there are some more plagues coming. That would be the kind of testimony that Moses would have. And so if you have any uncertainty about what your relationship with God might be or what it might look like, well, that would make perfect sense. You can feel the same way that so many other people have felt before you. Lots of people would say the same thing. I don't know. Or he shared this with me and it sure does sound pretty incomplete. I'm waiting to find out what happens next. You know, those are the kinds of things that we have available to us in the historical record of the Bible about our God, about what he's already done with people, the relationships he's already had with people. 
And we can see similarities about our relationship with God when we look at other people's relationship with God. They're definitely not the same, but there are things that we can see that are similar, that can help us have an appreciation for all of the uncertainty, for all the things that we just don't understand and we don't know. We should be able to be at peace with having such a relationship with our God, with having this kind of relationship with him. One that seems to be incomplete, but instead with time and with patience. I really believe that you will see something great unfold. It is something for you to experience. A relationship is a relational experience that happens over a period of time. And this time is our entire lifetime. And we should look at our God from that point of view. What about the prophets? The Lord gave visions to some people, gave them a vision and said, write this down and tell a few people. And so they did that. They had a vision. The Lord gave them a vision or a dream and they wrote about it and they tell people about it. And then that's it. That's that's what they get. That's their relationship with their God. So I want you to take these things into consideration and to really think about spending time studying the Bible. From this point of view, there is a lot that you can learn about who your God is as a person, how he relates to other people. It can tell you something about how he might relate to you or how he might not relate to you. You can learn about the things that he has said which expresses a lot about what is important to him. You can learn more about the problems that he is solving. You know, just like we have our lives, in our lives, we have a set of problems that need to be solved. Everybody has to solve the problem of how are they going to take care of themselves? How are they going to eat? How are they going to work? How are they going to rest? How are they going to maintain those things that they have to do maintenance on things? Life can be described as a set of problems to solve. So also with our God, he is working on solving a set of problems. And during your time, during your time in this world, in your life, he can use you. He can make use of you. You can participate in the solution, in one of the solutions that he is working on when it comes to solving some of these problems that he is dealing with in his life, in his living experience. When our God came here personally and dwelt among us as the Lord Jesus, Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. He came at that time for a number of reasons. He came and he established relationships with a number of people. The disciples, for example, were selected by him and he chose them to have a relationship with them. And his ministry took place over a few years. And during his ministry, he related to these people in a personal way on a daily basis with many of them. The way that he related to them, he related to them in a way that they didn't even know for sure that it was the living God, the creator of the universe, the creator of the world, 
who was present there with them. That's a very important thing to see. That our God would relate to these people. He would show up personally and relate to these people without communicating to them that this is absolutely who he is until the end of his ministry. And even then, they were not really sure that he was really telling them the truth, that he was actually God manifested in the flesh. This was something that they definitely struggled with. But this is important to see, that God related to those people in a way that they didn't know who he really was. So with his relationship with you, there may be times when he relates to you, when he communicates with you, and you are unsure. You don't really know for sure if that really is him. This can correlate to how he related to the disciples. They certainly were not sure that this was really God in many cases. You may not be sure that it really is God who is directing you to do something, to speak with someone, to not do something, to not speak with someone. You may have a degree of uncertainty and think and think that there might be something wrong with you or think that there might be something wrong with your relationship with him. But he does relate to people in a way that he doesn't convey everything, that he may leave a degree of uncertainty. It's perfectly reasonable. There were some people who were suffering and God healed them. He can do that. I know of several people personally who I am fully convinced that they were definitely healed by God. I know that he does that. I know that he can do that, he will do that, and that he makes decisions about when he will and when he won't. But I know a lot of other people who have not been healed, who certainly could use a healing. Does that mean that they are less of a person in God's eyes? Does that mean that they have a poor relationship with their God? Absolutely not. I definitely don't see that at all. Some people might feel that way. They might feel, you know, you don't love me like you love somebody else. But you need to trust your God. You need to trust him. You need to rely on him and understand that he will make good decisions. He will make good decisions about what he decides to do what he decides not to do, and you need to trust him concerning that. It's very important to do that. There are some people who he will bless in great ways, and other people he won't. And if you're one of those who are not going to be blessed like other people clearly are by God, then by all means be thankful and understand that your relationship with him is a unique one. It is a unique one. And you need to trust that he really does want good things for you. That this is something that he genuinely desires. So his choice in terms of how he participates with you, instead of thinking about how you want him to relate to you, you need to stay focused on how he does relate to you. Even his silence is important. Even when he gives you nothing to do. When he says nothing to you, this is important. Consider it a time of rest and peace where you get to do things that you want to do. You get to learn things that you want to learn. You can pick and choose. 
you have a lot more freedom than other people who have been given specific tasks. You know, if God told Noah to build a boat and it took him 120 years to do that, if he didn't tell you to build a boat, that means you can go do other things. Does that mean that he loves you less? No. What about Noah? Do you think he probably felt a little less loved than somebody else because he's occupied with all this labor, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing when or even if God is going to be a participant or not? I think that we can learn a lot about the testimonies of the relationships that we know of that God has had with other people. This will tell us a lot about him as a person, and it can tell us a lot about ourselves. And so I would like to encourage you to pursue that, to study that, to learn about that, and ask the Lord to give you his divine insight, his divine understanding and discernment about these things. You can even ask him questions about what he was thinking or what he was really doing. Maybe he'll respond. Maybe he will share things with you that are not written down, that he shares only with you, because your relationship with him is a personal one. Thank you for listening. This program is the fourth program that I've produced on the subject of having a relationship with God. There are two programs that I think are really good follow-ups to this series of programs. The first program that I would like to encourage you to listen to is the one I produced titled The Joy of Adam. And then the other one is Negotiating with Abraham. I do believe that the content found in those programs correlate very well with the content that I produced in these, and so I would like to encourage you to listen to those. And I would like you to remember that the relationship that you will have with your God is going to be different from the relationship that other people have. And even if you only hear from him once in your lifetime, that he only shares one small thing with you, that is something to treasure, that is something to remember, and that is something to be encouraged by for your entire life. In the meantime, just continue to learn about the things that he has already done and the things that he has said that we have recorded in the scriptures. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net